And now, in front of the packed house of the London Coliseum, it's the welcome return of a radio institution. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week at the London Coliseum in the heart of the West End's Theatreland. This fine theatre is found on St Martin's Lane, nestling between the districts of Soho and Covent Garden. In addition to its many shops and bars, Covent Garden is also home to the London Transport Museum, where visitors can enjoy a static display of vintage underground carriages. <laughs> Alternatively, they can save a few quid by taking a trip on the Northern Line. <laughs> At the beginning of World War II, Covent Garden had become run-down and seedy. It's recorded that a young German woman named Helga Schmidt, suspected of being a spy, was hidden in a loft here by a notorious spiv who protected her in return for sexual favours. What a relief it was for Fräulein Schmidt when she learned the war was over in 1978. <laughs> we are today guests of the London Coliseum, which in the Edwardian era ran horse races here on the theatre's famous revolving stage, which operated like a running machine, until one evening when it malfunctioned and suddenly stopped. This explains why the pub next door has four horses' heads on the wall. <laughs> and above them the heads of four very surprised little jockeys. <laughs> in August 1914, the future Queen Mother was brought here by her parents to celebrate her 14th birthday. In the afternoon, they took in a matinee, and on the way home, war was declared on Germany, although she said she'd have been just as happy with a pony. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Stephen Fry. And, and please welcome the lady who never seems to tire of handling the team's points. It's our scorer, the delightful Samantha. Okay, this week we start with round one. <laughs> it's all about questions that were never asked, but which, if they had been, could have immeasurably improved subsequent events. An obvious example is, why don't we skip this and go straight to the closing credits? <laughs> Barry, would you care to start, please? George Bush Sr., do you think I should have a vasectomy? <laughs> Tim. Noah. Shall we say yes to Mr. and Mrs. Unicorn? <laughs> Graham? Uh, Goliath, aren't you going to wear your helmet? <laughs> Stephen? 
Colonel Sanders, you will tell me if this tastes like crap, <laughs> won't you? King Harold, uh, perhaps you'd like to take advantage of our special Specsaver reading glasses. <laughs> Mr. Blunkett, do you realise that's a man with a high voice you're chatting up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tony Blair, what do you think? Should we send the troops in or should I sit down and spend just five minutes thinking the thing through? <laughs> Oh, what a fantastic wooden horse. Anybody in there? <laughs> Bill Gates. <laughs> Shall we test this software before releasing it? King Alfred, are you sure the recipe says Fahrenheit? <laughs> Mr. Bumble. So, Master Twist, would you like seconds? Light Brigade, do you feel lucky? <laughs> the teams are going to sing for us now in the round called One Song to the Tune of Another. The most, the most obvious way to explain this is to imagine that a song is a washing machine. The washer itself represents the tune which holds the clothes or words. Once the clothes or words have been washed or sung, the clothes or words may be removed to be replaced by another set of washing. However, however these might not be clothes, as they could be bed linen or even woolens. Now, I know what you're thinking, team. Surely woolen garments are too delicate for a machine wash. Well, yes, they are. So why were you thinking of putting them in there? It's not as if they've got anything to do with one song to the tune of another. And also, also, you're no doubt thinking, which is the best machine, a top loader or one with a side door? I'd recommend avoiding the top loader, because if you let someone who doesn't know what they're doing lift the lid, you're in for a terrible mess. At the piano, Colin sir. Okay, Barry, you can start. I'd like you to sing Tennyson's lovely Come Into the Garden Maud to the tune of Bring Me Sunshine. Come into the garden maud For the black bat night hath flown Come into the garden maud I am here at the gate alone And the woodbine spices are wafted abroad And the musk of the roses Blown for a breeze Of morning moons And the planet of love is on high Beginning to faint in the light that she loves on Tim, you now, would you sing the words of Stayin' Alive by the Bee Gees <laughs> to the tune of My Grandfather's Clock? Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk I'm a woman's man, no time to talk 
Music loud and women warm I've been kicked around Since I was a boy and now it's alright It's okay and you may look the other way We can try to understand the New York Times effect on man Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother Staying alive, feeling the city breaking and everybody shaking. We're staying alive, staying alive, staying alive. Your turn now, Stephen. Yes. It's only the Colosseum, Stephen. <laughs> Would you sing the words of Hanky Panky by Madonna? <laughs> to the Archer's theme tune. <laughs> Girls, they like candy and others they like to grind I'll settle for the back of your hand on my behind Treat me like I'm a bad girl even when I'm being good to you I don't want you to thank me, you can just spank me too Jeremy. <laughs> and that was the omnibus edition. <laughs> Finally, Graham, would you sing the words of Jake the Peg to the tune of Non Je Ne Regret Rien?
Glancing through my TV listings magazine the other day, I was pleased to notice a late-night program called ITV Play and anticipated a cultural experience with an hour or two of Pinter or Aikball. You can imagine my surprise on tuning in to find a pair of chavs asking me to phone up to guess how many sides there are on a triangle. <laughs> and now the BBC are at it. Well, as a long-term supporter of public service broadcasting, I'll tell them where they can stick their ill-gained profits. Straight in my top pocket. As soon as we finish this week's I'm Sorry I Haven't a Chance premium rate phone quiz. I have a selection of easy questions which I'll invite members of the public to phone in and answer. Each call will cost no more than 10p, unless you're using a landline or a mobile, in which case call it a fiver. As this, is, as this form of competition can become a problem for anyone prone to addiction, such as the gullible and greedy who stand, who stand to lose thousands each day, we've limited the number of calls that can be made by everyone else. Okay. Okay, the lines are open. Now, can you complete this well-known phrase or saying, ignorance is... Nine points on countdown. No, it's not there. Let's try another. <laughs> you scratch my back and I'll... I'll call Claims Direct. <laughs> oh, shame. Let's try another. If you can't beat them... What's the point of teaching them? <laughs> nope, not your lucky day. Oh. Here's another. Can you complete this well-known phrase or saying? As mad as a march... On Baghdad. <laughs> Sorry. How about this one? Be thankful for small... Hemorrhoids. <laughs> nope, not there. Oh. <laughs> what about this one? As happy as a dog with two... As happy as a dog with two Rett syndrome. Well, keep trying. How about this? <laughs> Don't count your chickens before they sneeze. <laughs> no, never mind. Plenty of time yet. Don't blow your own. Uh. <laughs> no, indeed. Don't blow your own. I've tried it. You can put a muscle. No, that's not there. How about this? Great minds think... That's rather the point, isn't it? <laughs> I thought so. That probably wins a million pounds, does it? No, sorry. Mm. Never mind. Plenty more here. How about this? Don't bite off more than you can... Sew back on. <laughs> Well, it's not long to go now. Keep those calls coming in. Yep. <laughs> Quickly, can anyone finish off this well-known saying? Better late than... Premature. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what about this? 
Better safe than premature. <laughs> Can anyone finish this off? It takes two to. It takes two to to be the Archbishop of Cape Town. <laughs> well, that's, that's not there. One more no. chance now. How about this? One swallow doesn't make you gay. That's a relief. <laughs> How does a gulp rate? <laughs> I'm expected to go on all night with this one. Brother. 86 two weeks ago and still reading like this. <laughs> Happy birthday, Humphrey. Happy, Happy birthday, Please don't clap too long. We don't want to push our luck. <laughs> the teams are going to transport us back to the golden age of letter writing now. In fact, the art of letter writing has enjoyed something of, of a revival recently, and there are even companies that will write proper old-fashioned letters for you if you're not great at grammar or spelling. For example, if you want to write to your bank manager, they'll know whether you spell git with one T or two. <laughs> There was one company that even wrote bespoke ransom notes. I always refused to pay them. In this game, each team will take turns to compose a letter with the two players alternately adding one word each at a time. The opposing team will then compose the reply. Okay, Barry and Graham, I'd like you to start by composing a letter from Prince Albert to Queen Victoria. And then Tim and Stephen will come up with a reply and so on. When I honk, it's because I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> off you go, off you go, Barry and Graham. Dear Victoria, I hope that you are feeling better now that the winter has finished being <laughs> long yet. Warmish. A vile. Also. A hint of frost. Speaking of frost, have you seen David lately? As I was talking to a man who knows him very well, and he said to me that David was almost out of sight. <laughs> Luckily, he also was asking me about a visit to Balmoral tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think I am going to say? No. <laughs> By the way, I was cycling Happily by 
the river when I noticed that there was a slight pimple <laughs> on the saddle <laughs> of my lamb. Therefore, could you tell the chef that I will no longer put my trust in his judgment? So in haste, I bid you a fond farewell, yours partly. <laughs> and... Yet, <laughs> sincerely thanking you for the ring, <laughs> which reminds me <laughs> of a happy incident <laughs> when we fell down <laughs> awkwardly on Sunday. But now is the time to sign off. So goodbye from <laughs> Elbert. Answer Tim and Stephen. Dear Bertie, what a foolish thing you have been doing to your wife. <laughs> Chafing <laughs> against my little intimate and <laughs> pink yet <laughs> wobbly yet <laughs> imperial thingy <laughs> I hope that you in time will think more of my body <laughs> than you seem to do at the moment <laughs> comma <laughs> I hope <laughs> to deliver tomorrow in instead of <laughs> sleeping with Benjamin the prime sheep. <laughs> Enclosing a ring for the opening of your tin <laughs> which is below the bed <laughs> in which we have slept sometimes unless unless <laughs> we have had a headache <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we have a little headache which has overcome my poor wish to inherit the opening that you closed. 
happy years ago. <laughs> Yours very sincerely and insanely and <laughs> drippingly, deliciously, uh, finally. <laughs> Good night, dear Albert. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> Well, it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time for the old, for the Old Testament ball. Samantha has to nip out now. She's off to see her new gentleman friend, who's just qualified as a vicar. Samantha says she's hoping he's going to practice his sermon on the mount. <laughs> so while she's away enjoying that, I'd like the teams to announce their late arrivals at the Old Testament ball. And Graham, will you start, please? William, welcome, please. Mr. and Mrs. Mondments and their son, Tinker Mondments. <laughs> Barry? Mr. and Mrs. Beginning and their son, Ian. <laughs> Tim? Mr. and Mrs. William, welcome, please. Mr. and Mrs. Calf and their overweight son, Ted. That's right, the fat Ted Calf. <laughs> Stephen. Oh, just please welcome Mr. and Mrs. Babel and their daughter Tara Babel. <laughs> okay, anybody? Really welcome, please, uh, Sam Lila and Sam's son Andy Lila. <laughs> oh, look, Hosea. <laughs> Please welcome. Mr. and Mrs. Walls came tumbling down, and their son, Andy. <laughs> and Mr. and Mrs. Tyne and their daughter, Phyllis. <laughs> welcome, please. Ruth from the Archers and her husband, Noor. <laughs> Will you welcome, welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Ismay Washpot. <laughs> <laughs> Son, Moab is my washpot. <laughs> Still <paper> back. <laughs> Paul McCartney carrying a hive. Oh yes. Containing his Maccabees. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Graven Image, shalt thou worship? <laughs> and their daughter Nora Graven Image. <laughs> Really welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. He's only gone and parted the Red Sea. <laughs> and their son, Gordon Bennett, he's only gone and parted the Red Sea. From Germany, Herr and Frau up thy loins, and their son, Gerd. <laughs> and from Wales, Wales, oh. from Wales, oh. Mr. and Mrs. Anai, and their son, Ifar Anai. <laughs> He's funny looking, one eye's higher than the other. Oh. Very welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Seeker's Allowance and their son Job. <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, as the cyclist of time jumps the red light of fate and the brothel keeper of doom throws his bike out after him, <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the teams, Samantha, myself and our fine audience at the London Coliseum, it's goodbye.
Edinburgh Taylor, Barry Pryor, Graham Gardner and Stephen Fry who've been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sale setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. And Humphrey and the teams will be back at the same time next week here on BBC Radio 4.